Sure is good to be in the Lord's house this evening. And I appreciate everybody's come. Appreciate all our visitors. Glad for Brother Aaron Thompson and his family back with us. And I got him on my heart to call him uh, Monday or Tuesday. I don't know. And I told him, I said, uh, if you're going to be up here, and, and I heard that he was, I said, if you feel like it, come back and be with us. And if it pleases the Lord and you feel like it, I said, you can preach for us. And he thanked me for the invitation. He said, well, I plan on being there. But he said, I'll just, you know, wait and see how the Lord leads. And I said, well, can't beat that. That's a good thing. So we're glad you're here, buddy. I got uh, uh, some scriptures I want to read to really come on my heart earlier today real strong. And a uh, uh, very familiar scripture. It's in the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah. And it's the last four verses in the chapter I want to read, starting at verse 28. And, and listen to this. This ought to be encouragement to everyone. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint praise the Lord let's all stand for a moment we have a word of prayer as we pray precious heavenly father thank you that you are who you are and God thank you uh, that you help us to be who we are and God, we just praise you that when we follow you, we are really then who we really are and who we need to be. And God, we thank you for your help and your strength and your uplift and your understanding. And God, we just thank you for being so good to us and helping us so much. And God, we just pray that we might humble our hearts and by faith trust you and lean on you, draw that strength from you that you offer. God, I pray for the service tonight that you just bless us and help us. Uh, give us exactly, uh, Lord, what we need tonight. And, Lord, I know you know that. And help us to receive that, that we might really have it. God, we ask you and we praise you and we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And amen. You be seated. We turn over to the choir. Brother Taylor. Page 50. Page 
like to say it's uh, good to be here. Uh, got a nice crowd for a Wednesday night. Uh, me and Jay were kind of kidding over there that Neil's got a big smile on his face that uh, we're alternates. Um, so if somebody's not here, we get a fill in. Um, and we tried to get on the list, but Neil won't put us on the list. So um, there may be something to that, I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, if I can do just a little bit, that's what I want to do. So uh, uh, just pray for me. I'm not the most comfortable person uh, standing up in front of the crowd. And I, I think Blaine made the analogy one time, and, and I could go right along with it. You know, you give me a ball and, and uh, put a thousand people around me and, and I don't care, I can play ball, but uh, to stand up here in front of the church, um, it's a lot more scarier to do that. So I uh, uh, just want to be in a place I can be to be a help to someone. So uh, we just ask everybody to stand and if we got any unspoken requests and any spoken requests. See Mike back.
help you, know, Lord. Father, we just pray now your blessings on every effort in this service and just use it for your glory in Jesus' holy name. We This time, anyone have a song or a testimony? I guess I've had a, a thought here for a little while, um, and a new song that we have, and I don't feel like singing it today, but um, the name of the song is Leave With Nothing Left, and uh, you know, I kind of, when I heard this song, I, it kind of took me back to where, uh, again, with sports, everyone knows that, you know, that knew me when I was a kid, I played a lot of sports, and uh, you know, our our job through the week was to was to get ready for the game um, and uh, practice hard and learn all the plays. Um, then game time, we were there and we were ready to play. And on the field, coach numerous times said, "Leave it on the field. Leave everything you have on the field. And if you don't, you're going to regret it." Um, and then I, I look at it now and I apply it to, to church and my life now and, and you know through the week how much do I get myself ready for the game time on Wednesday or Sunday um, how much do I do that and, uh, and then if I don't feel good on Wednesday or Sunday do I just stay home um you know, my team, which would be the church, is expecting me to be there and expect me to be in my place and is expecting me to do my job. Um, and then when I get here, do I really do everything that I can? Do I leave it? Do I leave everything on the field here? Um, you know, I know a lot of times I'll, I'll feel like I need to do something and I'm sure everybody else is in that same situation and you'll sit on the bench. And then when you go home, it's not a good day. You think about that. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and if, if you're in a spot where, you know, you're lost and, and you don't move, you're doing the same thing. You're not, you're not doing everything that you need to do, and you're going to go home, and you're going you're gonna to regret that decision. So, uh, you know, I just, I just want to get – in my place and be in my place, be ready and be willing to leave everything here um, when I come each time. So uh, pray for me that I can actually do that each time. So anyone else? If not, turn over to Terry.
that's a good opening up, and that's a great analogy, and uh, makes a lot of great points. Uh, we need to be ready and do everything we can when we get here. Do everything we can and obey the Lord in every way possible. So I appreciate the uh, choir tonight and opening up, and good to be here. And I'll ask again uh, before we call on Aaron, just in case if somebody's got a song that's uh, come up on your heart, if you feel like singing, do like Dale was saying. If you got an impression to do something. Let's pray. Let's pray. Appreciate it. Pray for me, church. Pray for us. I love this song, and many times I wonder... I sit back and I think, what would my life be like if I, if I wasn't saved and I didn't yeah. have God? Yeah, and, uh, how miserable it would be to go through this life yeah. and not have the dearest friend that I've ever known right beside me. And I can't tell you the amount of times I, I've been in a dark place, I've been in a bad spot. And when nobody else is listening, nobody else is there, Jesus will come right by my side and come talking to me Amen. and remind yeah. me that everything's okay. But so you pray. When the world has turned me down And a friend can't be found And my body bends beneath the toll and pain When my load is hard to bear And it seems there's none to care I'll find relief when I kneel and call his name. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Through the storms, he'll give me light. He will answer when upon his name I call. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right when I talk with the Lord. Lord. When my steps are getting slow and it's time for me to go. And old Satan, he tries to say, my prayers are vain. But when I cross old Jordan's tide, and I reach the other side, it'll be alright for the Lord. We'll call my name. It's alright. It's alright. It's alright. Through the storms, He'll give me light. He will answer when upon His name I call. His name I call. It's alright. It's alright. It's alright. Talk with the Lord. Lord. Thank the Lord for that good song. Appreciate it. Anybody else now got a song on your heart? 
pray for us. Let me tell you the story of God's amazing grace, how this one man died to save the whole human race. Through the years it seemed impossible, I know. The grace of God from Calvary still flows. Sacrifice hanging there upon the tree. Jesus died, shed his blood for you and me. Though millions come to the cross to be set free. Still there remains one drop of blood for me. The path to the cross is a well-trotted way, and I wonder if time could wash the blood all away. But this fountain of grace, it still flows free. Surely there remains one drop of blood for me. Sacrifice hanging there upon the tree. Jesus died, shed his blood for you. to be set free still there remains one drop of blood for me shed his blood for me. Anybody else feel like uh, saying? Once again, I appreciate uh, Brother Aaron being here. And I, was, I thought about the last time he was here and how God blessed him and blessed us too. I'm, I'm glad you're back here. I want to turn it over to you, buddy. Be a good time. You just come feel your liberty and follow your heart and follow the Lord. Come ahead.
say I had to turn anything on, or is it already on? It's already been a, a blessing while we've been up here um, getting to visit uh, friends and family, but uh, uh, I guess today the uh, Lord passed by um, even just visiting and uh, thankful that uh, no matter where you're at, uh, you're able to feel him. Uh, it always takes us having to do a little bit of uh, getting ourselves out of the way um, to be able to feel his spirit. Um, I thought how, uh, um, don't know why after we get saved we think that, uh, seems like we think we got a pass that we don't have to do what we did to get saved. Um, but it takes the same thing. Uh, how I got saved is still how I have to get through. I have to humble myself down, come to him broken hearted, humble, and a lot of times we don't want to leave our pride outside. Um, we still want to do it our way. Uh, even after we, even after he saved us, we still want to do things our way. Um, and I think sometimes we think uh, uh, that we're owed something. I don't deserve nothing he gives me. Uh, much less salvation, but anything from then is just an extra blessing. He don't have to bless me another day of my life. And he's already done more for me than anybody else ever could. Um, I'm thankful for how much he loves us and blesses us and uh, pours out his, his blessings and his mercy. Um, I tell you, out without his mercy and his blessings, I tell you what, um, I, I'd be a miserable person. Uh, but I'm glad that he loves me enough that he extends out his mercy more than I deserve. Um, if we all got what we deserved, we'd end up in hell. Um, but it is by his grace and his love and his mercy that we're here today. Um, uh, the only thought that we've had uh, almost all day is just his love. I don't know about anybody else, but I still ain't got over it. I ain't got over how he'd see fit to love somebody like me. That he knew from the beginning of time all my faults, all my failures, and yet he still said, I love him. I'll die for him. I'll suffer for him. I'll go all the way, even though he knew everything about me. I'm not talking about uh, before I got saved up till that point. I'm talking about he knew everything I do till the day I die. Yeah. Amen. You know, I've not treated my salvation like I should. There's been times I've led him miserably down. And yet he still loves me. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, uh, church members as a whole, a lot of times uh, if we treat other people the way that we treat God, you turn your back on them in a heartbeat. But he has never once turned his back on me, left my side, and there's been places that I wish I would have never took him, but he's still been there. Just waiting to say, here I am. Just turn back to me, his arms wide open. And yet we'll still keep trying to go our own way despite his love. Um, I tell you what, if we treated everybody else the way that we treat him, we wouldn't have a friend in this world. But he loves us in spite of all of our faults and failures. All of our disappointments, all of our shortcomings, however you want to say it, whatever you want, however you want to calculate it or put it on paper, he still loves us despite of me. And the other thing that's amazing is he can still use me in spite of me. In spite of all this flesh. And I tell you what, I don't care who gets up here. I don't care if it's your favorite person. I don't care. We're all just flesh. We're all just sin nature. That's all I'll ever be. It says, my righteousness is as filthy rags. 
That's as good as I am. But you're not seeing what he did on the inside. That's the only part he can use. He does not use this on the outside. He moves on the inside. And then every once in a while, you don't see this man no more. And you see the part that he did. That is a good part. That good part, that perfect part. If you see any good in anybody, it's because of him. I tell you, it's not of works lest any man should boast. I'm talking about even after you get saved. It's not of your works. I tell you what, you can come to church every time. You can read your Bible every day. I'm sorry, but that ain't it. You've missed the mark. It's not of works. A lot of times we put a lot of stock in reading, praying, doing all these things, but if you come to church and you still don't follow the Lord, what's it for? You, you can check all your check marks on your box, say, yep, I did this, 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 all day today, then He tells you to get up and sing, and you say, nope, you've just failed. I tell you what, we like, to, uh, we like to measure sin and say, well, sin's this, sin's that. I tell you what, you know what sin is? Not being obedient to God. Guess what? If he tells you to read and you say, I'd rather sing, or if he tells you to testify and say, I'd rather shout or do this, you just sinned. There's no bigger sin or lesser sin. We like to calculate it. We like to measure it. Well, this one's worse. That one's worse. I tell you what, God just sees sin. He just sees disobedience. You know what's so great? Whenever you follow after Him and you don't even think about it up here and you just say, as soon as He asks you to do something, you say, okay, I know I ain't nothing, but I'll give it all to you. That little boy that brought his two fish and five loaves of bread, he gave everything he had. He said, it ain't much, but I'll give it to you. Look how God's able to bless little. Little is much when God is in it. When you give everything you got, I love about that woman that showed up and all those men were putting in all kinds of money and they said, well, look at hers. She put in one little, one little spot, one little penny, one little, one little mark right there. They said, well, she didn't give nothing. He said, she gave more than all y'all did. She gave it all because that was all she had. I tell you what, it has not changed from the moment He saved me. I'm supposed to still give everything I got to Him. I'm supposed to give my whole heart, my whole soul to Him. I'm not supposed to hold anything back, but it's all His anyway. I don't care if you don't give it or not, it's still all His. Whether you want to own up to it or whether you want to say, well, look what I did. I tell you what, uh, Dale was talking about doing stuff uh, naturally. A lot of times when we're young, we think, well, look what I did. We think, well, I did that. I tell you what, you didn't do nothing except God gave you the ability to do it. And He can take it like that. It's all His. But when you use it for Him, tell you what, you say, well, how you use sports, how you do this, I tell you what, give Him all the glory. Whatever you do, give Him the glory. I tell you what, a lot of times we want to get, and I say all of us, there's a part of all of us that we like a little pat on the back. That's man nature. That is this man. It will not get you anywhere. I tell you what, if I leave this place, not one person pats me on the back, but he says, I'm pleased with you, guess what? I'll be able to lay my head down at night and sleep in peace. Because there's been times people's patting me on the back and I ain't done what he's asked and I can't, I can't sleep one week. I tell you what, follow after God first and foremost. It don't matter what nobody else thinks. If you please Him, you're doing everything right. I tell you what, so many times we get caught up in worrying about what everybody else thinks about us when I should just say, what do you want, Lord? 
If you want me to just cry out to you and say thank you uh, for all that you've done for me. If I just say, Lord, what can I do for you today? Uh, from the moment that you get up and say, I know it might not be much, but let me give it all to you. Uh, it ain't much that you got to work with. A lot of times I feel like I'm just the smallest vessel. I tell you what, a lot of times they say they have a big vessel and they pull in and pull out all the, all the junk, all the worthlessness, and then he's able to use something. I might not be that much. I might not have a big vessel. But still, I tell you what, a drink in a, in a dry land is still good, ain't it? Uh, sometimes you might be the only person that somebody gets to see Jesus in. You might be the only one. And if you're doing what God asks you to, you can be a help to somebody. You might be that one little drink that they get to see. You might be the, uh, that, that living water. And I'm talking about that they get to see life. They get to see Him. I tell you what... It's not us. He cannot use me if I'm in myself. He can't use me. My works are nothing. It's dead to Him. But when He's able to use me, when I get myself out of the way, and He's able to use the spot on the inside, then He's able to do something with it. We might try to just say a few things in Scripture, and uh, if we're not able to get... Uh, get here, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly get out of the way. Uh, one of my biggest fears is failing. I tell you what, a lot of times I don't get up, and I always get upset. Uh, I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll go to the Scripture, but I always get upset in baseball. And I know I've told Tim this before. You know, and I think I just shared it with, uh, with Bo a little bit earlier, but uh, when I was in baseball uh, for two years, uh, the, my coach didn't want me to bat because uh, he knew they'd purposely try to hit you so you'd get injured so you couldn't play. And he said, well, I don't want you to bat because they'll hit you on purpose. And I, I didn't understand. I, I was just upset because uh, my designated hitter would get up there and he'd just watch three balls go right by and get struck out. I said, well, I can do that. I thought, I don't understand. Um, and I, I said, you know, what's the point? Why not just go ahead and say, well, we'll let you have an out. But I tell you what, you'll never hit the ball if you don't ever swing. I might fail so many times and I might miss the mark, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Tell you what, sometimes you'll get discouraged and you'll think, well, why even get up? Devil come at you. I'm telling you, if he ain't, he, if he ain't got you yet, he will down the road. Yeah. Say, don't get up, you're just going to fail. Why even try? I tell you what, because every once in a while, and I'm talking about praying too, I don't get to pray through sometimes, but man, when you finally get through, it makes worth all those times that you didn't get through. It makes it worthwhile when you're able to talk to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings and know that He heard you. And also, here's the thing that you heard Him. It ain't praying if you're just telling Him something. You've got to listen. Uh, he speaks back. I don't know how He talks to anybody else, but He speaks to me. When I ask him a question, it doesn't. I tell you what, a lot of times we act like a dump truck and just leave it with him and say, okay, I told you all that I want and I'm just going to go my own way now. Have you, have you waited for an answer? A lot of times we just want to say, well, I prayed and we just unload on him, but we don't wait for an answer. Prayer is a two-way conversation. I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you get on the phone, you call somebody and you just tell them everything and they don't say one word, you didn't have a conversation you just gave them a quote. Conversation means you're talking back and forth. Wait for it. Listen to hear an answer. But what we do a lot of times is we'll want an answer. We'll go to people that we like that we think that will think the same. Ask them what we should do because you already have it in mind what you want. 
And if you don't get your answer from God, you'll go to somebody else and ask them, what do you think I should do? You know what you should do? Wait on God. Because here's the thing. I don't care if you go to Terry, if you go to Neil, I don't care who you go to, we could lead you wrong. At best, I might even think I know what you need. I can be wrong. And I could lead you wrong down a path that God never intended you to go. Guess what? Ask God first and wait on His answer. But I tell you what, you got to pray believing to get an answer. you got to pray believing that He will answer the prayer that you're asking. I, I love James. It says, more or less, why even pray if you're not going to believe? It said, if you pray like a, like a wave tossed to and fro by the wind, what makes that man ever think that anything will ever be answered? I'm just paraphrasing. It, it says, why even pray if you ain't going to believe in what you're asking for? Prayer is not throwing up a hope, throwing up something to say, I hope you hear me, I hope you answer that, that ain't a prayer. Praying is believing in what you're asking for and knowing that He's the God of all gods and He can do it. When you asked Him to save your soul, if you didn't believe that He could do it, then you won't get saved. I had to come believing that He'd save me before He'd save me. I had to believe that He was able to save me before He could save me. But when I believed, I didn't even have to move. Before I even took a step, I remember I walked all the way up to the front, and I got, got all the way to the front, and it felt like I had cinder blocks on my feet. That was me. I did it my way. I thought, well, if I get close to the front, it'll make it easier. It felt just as far as when I was all the way back in the third row. Because it's not the distance. It's not the physical distance. But when I purposed in my heart and I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I don't care. I'll do whatever you want. And as soon as I leaned, all I did, oh, that's all I remember. I just leaned and I was going to go to the altar. I don't know how I got from the, from the first pew to the altar, but he carried me. I don't know. I don't even remember taking those steps. He saved me the moment I, I the moment that, I tell you what, I think about that prodigal son. The father seen him way off. A way off, as soon as he saw in his heart that he was coming, he went running to him. That's how God did me. That's how he does this every time. Guess what? That son didn't even ask, to ask him to forgive him, and the father was always running out to him. He knows your heart before you even ask. Tell you what, he is quick to reconcile with us. He is quick to forgive. He's quick to love. What about us? So they're supposed to be slow to speak, slow to anger. I hope you are. It's supposed to be quick to reconcile. It says that up in the church covenant. Yeah. Quick. What's that mean? Do they have to jump through a bunch of hoops before you forgive them? Nope. God's quick. I thought about that woman. They got caught in the very act of adultery. I believe they just grabbed her and threw her out like she was trash. Said, look at her. Caught in the very act. She did have not one defense. She didn't have one defense. She couldn't say, no, that wasn't me. She didn't have one defense. You know what I love? Jesus didn't even wait for her to ask for forgiveness. Thing is, he's already forgave you. All he's doing, all he's doing is waiting on you. He already paid the cost. I tell you what, he's already paid the cost for everybody. Before you even ask, he's already paid for it. He's just waiting on you to move. I love how quick he is to forgive. And I tell you what, if we're supposed to be Christ-like, so are we. Quick to forgive. 
He did not cast judgment. He didn't say, what have you done? What all did you do? He was quick to forgive, quick to love. And I'll share this, and I promise I'll get every way. Um, I know talking with a couple that uh, the other night said, uh, used to quick services, so uh, I don't want to hold you too long. <laughs> but uh, it says, uh, it says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And this is in John chapter 15. Verse 12, and it says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye, ha ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. That's hard for me to even comprehend. That he chose me. Tell you what, a lot of people's cast me aside before. And yet he chose me. Why? I'm nothing. I'm nothing and nobody. And he's everything, and yet he thought enough that he loved me to die for me and still chose me. Even with all my wrongs, all my faults, all my everything, he chose me, Ryan. Tell you what, there's a lot that cast me aside real quick. Tell you what, if we all was serious and was honest and we told everybody else everything that you've ever done or ever thought, imagine what they think about you. You'd have a lot of people look at you totally different. Jesus knows my every thought. He knows my every desire, right, wrong, or indifferent. He knows everything about me. There are some things I don't even want to tell my wife that I've thought in my mind throughout my life. I wish, I tell you what, I wish I could go in there and take all that out and never have that. But guess what? I can't stop this mind sometimes. Jesus knows every thought I've had, and yet He still loves me. That is amazing. We talk about amazing love. That is amazing. Every wrong thought. And I tell you what, you can all look at me like you've never had a bad thought. I know you have. We all have. You might want to do some hurt to somebody. You might have wanted to use your mouth to, to cuss somebody out. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is. I don't want to know. I don't have to know. I just want you to realize how much God loves you that no matter what you think, what you say, what you do, He loves you regardless. It don't matter where you've been, what you've done. He loves you unconditionally. I tell you what, there's all conditions that we have meets on that if somebody goes from them, we'll say, well, I don't love them no more. God don't have that. Unconditional love means there's not a condition that you can do that He don't love you. That is amazing. Because I tell you what, if somebody told me my wife would cheat on me before we ever met, I would have not married her. But yet God said, listen, I know how many times you've cheated on me, turned me away, loved other gods, loved other things. Anytime you put something before God, that's your God. You've committed adultery on God. You've loved something else. You've desired something else more than Him. And yet He knew all the times I'd turn Him away, and yet He still said, I love you more. And I won't ever let you go. I won't ever leave your side. 
I won't ever leave nor forsake you. I tell you what, one of the greatest promises he's ever made was that right there. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll go with you all the way, even until the end. You know what I think? When he was on that cross, dying for our sins, he said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew what it felt like to be completely alone. And have all, I tell you what, the way to my sin is enough. Sometimes it's too much that it feels like on me. Could you imagine carrying everybody just in this room, their way to all their sins? And I want you to think, he was so pure and innocent, he's like one of these babes. That's how pure and innocent he was. He did not have any comprehension of what sin felt like. That's how pure and perfect he was. Could you imagine being able to take your sin and impute it onto one of these young kids? One of these little babes. Could you imagine what it'd feel like to them to not have any sin and then to feel the whole weight of the whole world on them at one moment? And yet he still loved us enough. He felt all that sin. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He cried out for us when we couldn't cry out ourselves. That's how much He loved us. Took on the whole weight. I tell you what, Sean, sometimes my sins just tear me down and make me feel like I can't keep going sometimes. That's how the devil does. He just keeps pulling things off the shelf. 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. I don't care how long it's been. He'll still keep pulling off the shelf. I'll think, well, I'm done with that. I've got peace with it with God. You can still have peace with it with God and the devil still pull something off the shelf that you had peace with a long time ago that God's already forgave you about. But guess what? Sin will still be there. And the devil keep putting it right up in your face saying, now you're still a failure. God loves us enough to forget all that. And let me just say this. God don't bring that stuff up. That is not God that is beating you up with your past. When God forgives, He forgets. That is not God. Don't say God makes me feel bad when I go to church. That ain't God. If you've been forgiven... That's the devil that keeps coming in and just tearing you up, trying to steal your joy away from you so you can't enjoy your salvation. That is his goal. If you're saved, he wants you to make you think that you ain't got it. If you ain't saved, he makes you think that you're all right. Because he'd never tell you to go up to the altar. But it's funny how once you're saved, he'll say, well, maybe you need to go double check. I don't think you got it. If you're lost, he'd never tell you to come up to this altar because he knows you might get something. But if you're saved, he makes you want to doubt all the time. That way you can't even enjoy what God gives you. He is constantly trying to keep us from enjoying our salvation because if I ain't enjoying my salvation, I can't help nobody, Ryan, because I'm too worried about myself. And I can't even enjoy it enough to help somebody else. And it says, if the gospel be hid, it'll be hid to them that are lost. So if my light ain't shining, how am I helping anybody else? I need to have myself in a spot where I can pray, I can read, I can do whatever He wants me to do. That way, it, I tell you what, and the thing is, it'll come at a moment that you're not expecting and somebody will look towards you. I, I don't know how many times I've been out at Walmart, and maybe that's just because I'm out there a lot. feels like Walmart gets more of my check than anything else. But I tell you what, I don't know how many times I've been out at Walmart, run into somebody, and the Lord start passing by. And I say, thank you. He is everywhere if you allow Him to be. This ain't the only place that you can feel Him. If this is the only place you feel Him, I feel sorry for you. Because I tell you what, He's 
365 days a year. If you want to fill him, you can fill him. If you want him to move in your life, he can move in your life. If this is the only time you read your Bible, this is the only time that you pray, you're doing a grave disservice for what he gave for you. You ought to do something for him. And I don't know about you, but from the moment he saved me, he put something in me that I want to do for him. I remember from the moment I got saved, I got up and I thought, man, I want the whole world to have what I got. I couldn't wait to get to school and tell Jesse Rostifer. I could not wait. He was my best friend at the time. I thought, man, I can't wait to tell him. When I told him, he looked like I had four heads. He didn't know what I was talking about, but it did not discourage me. I still wanted him to have what I got. Tell you what, the world receives it a little bit different than the church does, doesn't it? When I got up and told the church, they all come in loved on me. I was expecting that same response from my friends. It's a little bit different when you go out in the world. Don't get discouraged. It says, be not weary in well-doing. Don't get weary. Tell you what, it's cold out there, but guess what? I got a fire that'll never get put out. I love what Jeremiah said. I got a fire in my bones. I tell you what, no matter how discouraged I get, there's still something in there that says I can't give up because there's somebody else that don't have what I got. And I want the whole world to have it. It says, ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. I want you to, if I can find it. it's in this next scripture but um, over in one of the gospels whenever Judas came he came and kissed Jesus on the cheek Jesus still called him friend he still loved him like a friend I tell you what if somebody's going to kill me hang me out to dry and throw me to the wolves I would not have called them a friend you cannot do anything that he don't still love you. He still called him a friend. He didn't call that as a stab. He didn't say friend. He didn't do it in an ill way. He still showed him love even at the end. That's how much he loves us. The one that completely betrayed him, turned his back on him, he still loved him as a friend. Tell you what, I don't know how many in this world will go to hell. I have no idea. He loves him just as much as he loves you. He paid the same amount, the same cost, as he died for me. That's how much he loved. Even though he knew they had never turned to him, he still loved them just as much as he loves me and you. He still considers them a friend. And I tell you what, that one got me, are you a true friend? Are you a true friend to him? Is he saying friend like he said to Judas? Well, do you feel bad? For if he called you a friend, because you know you ain't been one to him, or do you know that you've stood for him? Tell you what, I know I said this Sunday morning, but it just strikes me so strong. Tell you what, right before Peter did one of the worst things that we think ever was, turned his back on the Lord, and he gets a lot of flack. Gets a lot of bad rap. He's the only one that ever got to walk on the water. And I tell you what, his speech... I love what the people said. 
They said, your speech betrayeth you. You talk like he talks. I tell you what, I hope somewhere in my life, even when I'm not meaning to, they said, man, you sound like Jesus. That sounds like something Jesus would... I tell you what, he was even trying not to talk like Jesus and it still came out. He had to purposely go the complete opposite way and force himself to say words he'd never say. And I believe he about choked on them when he had to say them. Have you ever heard somebody cuss that ain't meant to cuss? I've, I've heard them at work and you can tell it's not their normal talk, but they get around certain people and they talk different. And you can tell it's like a strain for the words coming out. It don't fit. Tell you what, quit trying to fit in with the world. Quit trying to make them happy. I tell you what, they don't care nothing about you. They'll leave you to the wolves. They don't care. Tell you what, love God. Love Him. Serve Him. Tell you what, quit trying to impress the world. Just do what God wants you to. And just be yourself. Tell you what, we can spend a lot of time. I tell you what, let me just say this to young preachers. I promise I'll get out of the way. Don't try to be Terry. Don't try to be Neil. Don't try to be anybody else. Be who God called you. Because I can't be nobody else. Tell you what, I'm glad that God, I don't know why, but He called me the way I am. I can't be anybody else but me. And I tell you, I've heard some people sound like other people and do all this. I tell you what, just be who God calls you. And I don't know why I don't huff and hack and all that, because I love it. I do. I love a good hard preaching. God's never let me do it. Don't know why, but that's just how he's called me. And I tell you what, beat myself up a long time, Neil. I said, well, am I? I don't do like the other ones. I, I, I don't hack and I don't do it. And I grew up this my whole life. The devil beat me up real hard, Tim. One day God said, does it matter? Because here's the thing. I ran for three years making sure that I knew what I was. Because I didn't want to gut up and then say, no, I'm not. Because I feel like that would be a whole lot harder. Because once the devil gets you somewhere, if you say, well, yeah, I am, then he would have said, well, you don't have to tell nobody. You don't have to go back on that now. Just don't stand. Just don't preach. Just be quiet. Then they won't ever know. And you just, you just, I tell you what, if you're not doing the job God asked you to, you'll be miserable. And if you're doing a job that God didn't call you to do, you're going to be miserable too. You can only do what God allows you to do. And therein you can find happiness and joy. But you have to be exactly where God wants you, or you'll be miserable. If he's called you to be a Sunday school teacher, and you're running from it, you're going to be miserable till you do it. I promise you. I tell you what, some of the most miserable years of my life was running from preaching. And I think it's funny how we are. We'll ask for things, then when God gives it, we'll say, well, I didn't want it like that. I, I promise, I'll share this and I'll get out of the way. Whenever God called me to preach, I remember laying in my bed one night. And I know how dumb I am. I know I'm not the smartest person, Ryan. I didn't get no 4.0 or any kind of great degrees showing how intelligent I am. Said he called the dumb to confound the wise. Guess what? I'm dumb. I'm one of the dumb, and that's all right. But guess what? He can learn you. Says those, are learn those sound like learned men. Because he spent some time with Jesus. I tell you what, I remember I was laying in my bed one night. And I said, Lord, if I am called, I said, you're going to have to show me. I said, because I can't do this without you. And I remember from eight years old till that day, I tried to read my Bible and I just couldn't get nowhere. I felt like it was in Greek. I remember opening it and I thought, 
I'm just not smart enough. So I pushed it aside and I thought, evidently that's for smarter people because I'm just not smart enough to read it. And that's what I thought. thought, evidently that's for Terry. That's for, you know, there's just times that you feel like people's a whole lot smarter, more educated, whatever. I thought, evidently, I'm, that's just not me. I'm, I'm not smart enough to read the Bible. I remember that night after he called me, and it, this was about two years of me running. I said, Lord, if I am called to preach, I said, you're going to have to show me. And I started praying, and I asked him before I opened up my Bible that night. When I opened up that night, for the first time in my life, it was like the words leapt off the page and went straight into my heart. And then it started coming out whether I wanted it to or not. And I remember I hadn't told nobody. Mom and Dad was in the next room beside me, and I hurried up and grabbed my pillow and put it over my face because I didn't want them to hear me. I didn't open up my Bible again for another six to eight months because I was scared what he might show me. We're stupid sometimes. Ignorant people will ask and ask and ask, show me, show me, show me. Please, God, use me, let me do it. Then he'll do it, and then he'll say, well, I don't want that. Scared of what you might actually have to do. I tell you what, one of the one scriptures that the devil used against me, he says, uh, where little is known, little is required. Where much is known, much is required. I thought, well, I don't want that much. We're all a little bit afraid of some responsibility. Well, somebody else, let this one do it, let that one do it. Uh, that's somebody else's job, that's this one's job. I tell you what, if God's called you to do something, just do it. Because nobody. here's the thing, nobody can do it like you can do it. Or God would have called somebody else. He called you for a reason. And I'm saying Sunday school teacher. I'm not talking about just preaching. I'm talking there's callings for all kinds of things. Singing. I tell you what, if God's put it on your heart to do something, it's for a reason. He does not do anything for no reason. There's a purpose. But I'm so glad that He loved us enough that He's able to look past me not being that educated or real smart, but He's still able to use you. Don't let, him, don't let the devil rob you out of blessings. Let me say this one more thing. There's about a, a 75, 80-year-old woman that just joined our church. And she'd been coming for quite a few weeks. And she just sat back there. And you could tell uh, that she was praying. I mean, you could just tell she was pouring out her heart. And when she finally joined, she said, I almost didn't join. Because she said, I thought, what could I give these people? I can't do nothing. The devil make you think that you're worthless and you can't be used. I tell you what... Her testimony blessed me more than just about anybody that day. Because here's the thing, I don't care how old you are or how young you are, God can use you. Just because she's 80 doesn't mean she can't be used. Don't let the devil convince you that you're done. If you're still here, God has a purpose for you. Don't let the devil cheat you out of years and blessings that God can still use you with. He, why, why, why would you come out if you didn't think you could be blessed. Why even come to church? I tell you what, I come because I know He can bless me. He can do things. He can save people. He can move people. And I tell you what, I love when people testify that I've never heard testify before. Don't let the devil rob you out of all your blessings. Because if you want to, you'll let him take everything you got. But that ain't God's intention. He wants to use you. And if you've been saved by God's grace, He's got something for you to do. Just do it. I know it ain't much, Terry, but that's all I got. Brother Aaron Nurses come down, he hugged me, told me he loved me. Uh, I sure do love Brother Aaron. I appreciate him. Love is subject.
tonight, the love of God. And uh, he certainly shared a lot of illustrations and uh, made a lot of examples, made a lot of points about God's love. And that, that verse that you read and shared, I think, kind of ties it together. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. And besides uh, the points about the love of God, uh, Brother Aaron has shared a lot of examples and made a lot of points about because God loves us so much and does so much for us, we need to be about the Father's business. And so we need to uh, think about that, lay hold on that. We need to do the things that God would have us to do. And if we'll do what God have us to do, uh, God will bless us for it. And that's another point Brother Aaron made. And so I'm glad to be here tonight. Glad to have everybody here that's here. You got anything on your heart before we come to a close? Let's pray much. Uh, going to have baptizing Sunday if it be the Lord's will. And uh, going to take up a special offering for the church camp. Uh, going to take that up uh, Sunday and Sunday night to uh, uh, pray for that. Uh, also, there's a revival starting.